Okay, everybody, good afternoon and welcome. So this is an emergency live stream to talk about the picture here uh, behind me. Um, this, of course, as all of you know, was just released uh, today uh, and uh, was a uh, uh, rightly causing a lot of excitement. So I've had lots of thoughts, some of them ridiculous, um, but I think it's... Uh, there's so much to talk about here. So, okay. First thing, obviously the biggest thing uh, in this whole image, right? Um, biggest in so many ways is the trees. Holy cow, the freaking trees are in this picture, right? Um, and, um, okay, so yes, <laughs> there are, first of all, the... Does this mean they're going to do, like, all the Silmarillion stuff? No. No, it doesn't mean that. I think it's almost certain that this is going to be part of a prologue. Um, you'll remember that even Peter Jackson, of course, had to do a, you know, big old prologue piece, right, in order to set up uh, the Lord of the Rings story and the Rings of Power, right? Um, you know, he kind of extracted the stuff, uh, mostly, right, the stuff from some from the Council of Elrond, some from the Shadows of the Past, and put it into that Galadriel narr narr narrated prologue at the beginning. Um, but um, anyway, so that's um, uh, uh, that's uh, the... Uh, okay, sorry. I'm like so many thoughts at once. Um even Jackson had to give that much background, right? Here, if they're going to be starting in the end of the Second Age, there's, like, so much more background that's needed. Even if they assume that everybody knows the Lord of the Rings story, like the Lord of the Rings story proper backwards and forwards, they're going to have to explain some context, right? And they can't even assume that people know the Lord of the Rings story backwards and forwards. So, you know, like Numenor, what is it? Like, where did it come from? What's its background? Um, the elves, like, who are those elves that are there on the coast? Um, you know, and, and, and what, so there's, there's, we knew there was going to have to be some prologue material and it doesn't surprise me at all uh, to think that they're going to be doing a large piece of prologue material. But again, does this mean that they're going to be showing like the whole story of the Silmarillion? No, it doesn't mean that. But, but it does mean, so, so Nathan, no, I don't think we're going to see Ungoliant. Um, I, uh, I really don't. I, 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 I would be extremely surprised if too many actual stories, um, uh, if too many actual stories uh, from the Silmarillion are in it. So will we get the War of Wrath, uh, big boy? I think that we'll get flashes of it. I mean, I think they're going to have to refer to it, right? I mean, it's a major framing event. Um, the First Age and the end of the First Age and the War of Wrath and the choice of the elves of the Noldor to remain, Gilgalad and Galadriel uh, and Elrond in particular, right, to remain in Middle-earth. So, like, that's a context looming, not to mention Celebrimbor. That's going to be a context looming behind all of those elves. So we're going to have to get some of that. And then Numenor, right? Numenor being set up after that. So um, I definitely, I definitely, um, I definitely think so. Um, I... Yeah, yeah. Joseph uh, says I think we'll get a whole first episode um, setting up a, a, like a Spark Notes version of the Silmarillion to get the story. Uh, yeah, honestly, I expect something like that. Yeah, at least one episode. I mean, who knows? Maybe more than one episode. That might be a lot to ask. But, um, uh, but yeah. Um, now, uh, what Crocodile on the Nile? Uh, I. I says he wouldn't be surprised if we get a glimpse of Ungoliant uh, while witnessing the destruction of the trees, possibly. We might get a flash of it, right, if that part of the story is narrated. Um, it's possible. It's possible. Um, but, uh, and yeah, Nathan, I'm sorry about crushing your dreams for Ang Caligan. I'll be surprised if we get Ang Caligan the Black, for sure. Um, but um, anyway, so, yeah, so it's a, it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. Um, the but, but again, but this is a huge, like, this is an enormous deal. I can't even tell you what an enormous deal this is. Uh, because the two trees, right? So the way, the way the lore, no, let me back up a step. The way the legal agreements work generally, this is my understanding based on my experience in this how the uh the the rights agreements the adaptation rights agreements are adjudicated right how they are adjudicated is 
if um, it, you cannot depict a story um, unless you have the rights to the volume in which, which is the main version of that story. So to give a clear example, Baron and Luthien are referred to in The Lord of the Rings on multiple occasions, right? Um, you, we get the whole story of Baron and Will. Some of the story of Baron and Luthien is narrated by Aragorn, right, in The Fellowship of the Ring. Um, does that mean that if you have the rights to The Lord of the Rings, you can tell the Baron and Luthien story? Because there it is. Like, their names are in there, and, um, you know, the story is, uh, is, is, is told a couple times, so Baron and Luthien is fair game, right, if you have the rights to The Lord of the Rings. No. That's not true, right? That is exactly, that's like a, a paradigm example of how this doesn't work, right? Because the, because according, like legally, the Baron and Luthien story, the primary version of the Baron and Luthien story is in the Silmarillion. And so you have to have rights to the Silmarillion in order to tell the Baron and Luthien story. Um, so uh, that's, that's how, in general, that's how rights work, Okay. That's why this is blowing my mind, though, right now, because the two trees, there is no way, absolutely no way that anybody could argue that the Silmarillion is not the primary text that the two trees are, are, are told in. So if we're getting the two trees, like even a cameo appearance by the two trees is would require a, a pretty big um, concession on the part of uh, the Tolkien estate. So, um, oh my goodness, um, uh, th this is, um, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. <laughs> it's a really big deal. Because, of course, one of the questions from the very start, even before we get into the story and the stuff that they've told us about what they're doing and everything else, the very first question always, when the first news initially broke that Amazon had worked out a deal for the rights, we knew that they had negotiated a brand new rights deal. It was the first time, it is the first time since the 60s. Um, when Tolkien first sold the film rights, that a new rights agreement has been negotiated. Everything, every Tolkien adaptation, film, uh, you know, cartoon, video game that has happened between the 60s and now has been on that, using that original rights agreement. And Amazon, we knew, negotiated a new rights agree agreement. So all of us Tolkien folks from the start have been waiting, right? Like, what's included in that rights agreement. And that has been a dark, dark, dark secret. Um, what is included in the Amazon rights agreement. We know it was massive, like massively expensive, right? Um, but um, yeah, so anyway, okay. Um, that's, um, so what does this mean? I'm not sure what it means. Uh, it's been clear from the begin, like from the maps. When the Amazon started releasing the maps, it was perfectly obvious that they had rights to Unfinished Tales because that map is only in Unfinished Tales. All of those things in Numenor that are being referred to are in Unfinished Tales. Even the primary stories of the Second Age. I mean, if you want to say, what is the volume? What is the work in which, which is the primary version of those stories? The primary version of the uh, of the whole Numenor story, right, is in Unfinished Tales. And you can make an argument, of course, for the Akalabeth, though I think actually more is told in Unfinished Tales than in the Akalabeth. But the Akalabeth is in the Silmarillion too. So we've been speculating for a while. We've been speculating for a while that maybe they have, um, you know, maybe they negotiated to get rights just to the Akalabeth and not to the rest of the Silmarillion. Um, what they obviously have rights to unfinished tales. Like that's perfectly clear, perfectly clear. Um, and uh, maybe they have rights to the Akalabeth too. That would seem sort of the safest thing to do. Um, but the trees, the trees, I, I saw this pic, honestly, I didn't even notice the trees for a while. When I first saw this image, I was just looking at the city, right? And I'm thinking Numenor. I'm like, is this Arminoas? El Numenor? Maybe it is. Could be, right? Very possible. And then I was like, what? What? Are you kidding me? Right? Oh my goodness gracious. Um, so I don't know um, how... I don't know how... Um, how much it would take 
for them to be able to depict the trees of Valinor on screen in a kind of cameo. Like if this is, it's possible this is just, I mean, one of the frustrating things about this, because it's just a still image, right? This image could be, I mean, this whole scene could be, uh, you know, part of a, a flashback sequence. This scene could last like three seconds on screen, right? Or five seconds or something. Um, so we really have no idea. Um, uh, do they have... Um, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, not really, um, um, not really sure what it would require, uh, necessarily, um, for them to be able to get, so anyway, so that's like my focus, because, uh, so even before, again, we talk about anything else in the image, that's such a huge deal, because it, it, I mean, that, that, those trees in that, in this picture are a little crack in the door, right, a little crack in the door through which, many of us never expected to see while we were alive, uh, and that is the possibility of some actual Silmarillion adaptation on screen, which is really fun, really fun. Um, and yeah, Big Boy, as you say, flashback or not, we still get to see it, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a really fun opportunity and a fascinating glimpse into what the possibilities could be. Um, so, um, yeah, Josh says, I never thought I'd see it. I, yeah, I agree. I never thought I'd see that either. Um, now, all right, let's, um, look at the big picture, big picture. This almost has to be the Calcaria. This, uh, this almost has to be Tyrion. Um, you know, I've seen people say, oh, go, is this Alqualonde or, uh, or Valmar? No, I don't think so. I think this has to be Tyrion. Um, and in fact, if you look in the distance, see right there in the distance what looks like another city? I think that's Valmar there, right? Um, we can see what looks like a remote city, like upstream from this, uh, from this city. I think that's probably Valmar. But with the mountains on either side, this is obviously a gap. This looks like a gap in the mountains. It looks like the Calicuria. And uh, and therefore, that would make this Tyrion. Tyrion is situated right in the gap so that you can um, you can see down into the trees, right? The light of the trees comes straight through the Calicuria. Uh, and then it goes right out to the sea so that they can still get the air from the sea that comes uh, from Middle-earth. Um, so... Uh, yeah, we don't get uh, any glimpse of Tenequitil in this picture, but hey, we get the trees, holy cow. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, anyway, so that's, um, that's, I think, I think that has to be, um, it has to be what this is. Looking at the architecture, I can easily believe it. I mean, it certainly, you look at the, all the domes, right? Extremely intricate domes. Um, uh, we've got the tower, right? There's a very prominent tower. I mean, that would be the um, um, uh, the Minden, right? The the uh, the great tower in the middle of Tyrion. Um, that would be Tuna. The hill would be Tuna, right? Um, so yeah, I think that that's right. And I see the ships. There are some little swan ships. I don't think those are the swan ships, though. Those don't look seaworthy. I think those are rivercraft there. I mean, surely they're going to have uh, other... Maybe you've got the swan ships down in the in the harbors by the sea. Maybe these are the little... I don't know. These are duck boats, right? Upstream. I don't know. Um, but... Um, but uh, but yeah, so I, I I like the architecture. Lots of domes. Look at all the little domes. Look like silos there, and the fascinating. They're really into domes. In fact, all the houses have domes. Look at that. Barely a flat roof to be seen. Yeah, sorry. I've been looking on my phone all day, so like this is the first time I'm seeing the picture huge. And um, yeah, like maybe some of these have domes. But if you look like up here, on the like shoulder of the hill over here on the left left hand side, like there's domes all over the place. Um, everybody's got domes, uh, which is, which is cool. Um, uh, it looks a little bit like the film design of Minas Tirith, though, of course, that's built around the primary, uh, like Minas Tirith is designed both around the peculiarity, right, of that out-thrust out rock, uh, from Mindaloan, uh, but also for defense, right, with the, um, 
the layers of the city and the gates and you've got to go up and through and everything to make it more defensible. Um, but certainly the way that it's kind of concentric and in tiers like that, um, with that bridge kind of recalling. Yeah, yeah, um, there's definitely. And, and but anyway, like Minas Tirith was always a little, and of course it goes the other way, right? Minas Tirith was always a little bit uh, like Tyrion. Um, but um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, right, yeah. No, Minas Tirith would have had heavy elvish influences, absolutely. Yeah, lots of things going on there. Um, okay. The person in front. A couple things here. First, the first thing is um, I don't think this is a story. I think this is a flashback. I don't think this is going to be. I, I will be very, very surprised if this is any more than one of a series of images we get. Um, little brief scenes as part of an overall, as, as part of a background to an overall narration. Um, I certainly, um, I certainly think that. Um, uh, so, therefore, think of what we're looking at here. What I'm most interested in is the way this whole thing is framed. Like Before we even think about who the figure is, I'm really interested in the way that it looks. We've got this single person coming over a rise, looking into this with the trees in the distance. So like if that person like rolled backwards, right, uh, uh, a ways, um, I think that like both the trees and the city are going to be coming over the hill, right? There's this, there's this sense of revelation that I am seeing in this scene, right? And it keeps reminding me, I've been talking about this on Twitter, it keeps reminding me of uh, like the Gondolin reveal, like the, 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 the idea of Tuor arriving in Gondolin and seeing, you know, Tumladen and the city of Gondolin spread out beneath him right as he emerges from the tunnel or Eärendil as he comes in more appropriately towards this exact spot and sees Tyrion for the first time. Now, I know Arendel was centuries after the destruction of the trees. I know that, but it makes me think of Arendel. Um, and it's, it, I keep thinking of Arendel when I see this, especially since it's the only figure. Now, we do get the boat down there, so it's not... Uh, I, I can now see, now that I'm not on my phone, that the boat down there is on the river, so it looks like we do see evidence of at least... A person there. So, uh, in other words, Arendel finds the place almost completely deserted, right? And you can't tell if it's deserted or not from here because it's uh, it's off in the distance. Um, but um, anyway, yeah. So uh, no, it's um, it, this is it's it's certainly not Gondolin. Uh, it's certainly not Gondolin. Um, it's um, the mountains aren't right, and uh, and uh, no, I, I mean even apart from the trees. Even if you're imagining that Turgon built super good replicas of the two trees uh, in uh, in Gondolin, um, no, no, it's definitely not Gondolin. I can't, I, I can't see how it could be anyway. Um, but um, but uh, yeah, uh, Dave, I agree. Um, Tour comes to mind immediately from the illustration. Yes, it reminds me a lot of. Uh, uh, Ted Naismith's uh, tour um, uh, illustration, absolutely. Um, but um, yeah, exactly. Rendell uh, Gondolin is in the middle of the valley, not up against the mountains. Exactly. Yeah. No. No. The the positioning is not at all right for Gondolin. Um, though, remember, this is the city that Gondolin was supposed to be modeled after, right? This is the city that Turgon was thinking of when he designed the city of Gondolin. Um, so there should be, there are supposed to be connections uh, for this. Um, but um, but yeah, so no, this is, it's got to be Tyrion. I mean, I, it's got to be Tyrion. Um, again, I think, I think we can just see Valmar in the distance. I really do. Uh, and look, it looks like we can see some other shipping, right? Some other boats going, you know, in between. Um, and I love this idea of a... a um, um, an easily navigable river connecting Alqualande, Tyrion, and Valmar. Um, you know, uh, right in there. I, that seems to me uh, 
Uh, it seems to me good. That it seems to me perfectly right. Makes perfect sense to me. Um, I uh, I love that kind of conceptually as well as visually. I think it works really nicely. Um, so yeah, I think that this I think that this works pretty well. So the sense of this scene again, the sense that I'm getting here is this kind of revelation, and I expect it to be a revelation on screen, right? As part of the sort of flashbacks, right? Um, a memory of uh, of Tyrion and the trees. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's what I expect. Um, yeah, B&B Music is asking, is, is there uh, not a problem with the Tolkien estate for the rights with the first stage? There were, but we don't know. Again, that's the thing. We know nothing about the contents of the new rights agreement that Amazon made with the Tolkien estate. The one they paid half a billion dollars for, we don't know um, what it was for. Um, and many of us have not dared to think that it included much of the Silmarillion. And I still don't see much, honestly, much reason to be hopeful that we're going to get any real Silmarillion content. That is, that we're going to get any real stories. They're going to tell the story of the destruction of the trees, or they're going to tell the story of the fall of Gondolin, or they're going to tell the story of the War of Wrath. I don't see any reason to believe that we're going to get that. Um, but um, anyway, so that's... Um, uh, yeah, that's... Um, but it's still really exciting. It's still really exciting. Um, so uh, so we'll see. Um, so this has got to be a flashback. Um, but again, it doesn't have to be a flashback. We don't know how they're going to do the prologue. Um, it doesn't have to be the flashback in a living person's memory, necessarily, or from a living person's point of view. That doesn't necessarily have to be. Um, we could get on a, you know, a, a kind of an omniscient narrator voiceover or something. Like, that could happen. Um, um, someone on Twitter was asking me, because I was talking about A. Arendel and how much this scene reminds me of A. Arendel. And um, uh, someone was uh, saying, couldn't it be possible? With the way that the tree in the foreground, right? With the tree in the foreground, there of the two trees in the back, you have the two glowing trees. Um, with the tree in the foreground, see how it's dark, right? We see the, the dark trunk and branches and then like a light in the branches. And so... I forget who this was already on Twitter. My apologies. But whoever this was, was saying, doesn't that almost look like the sun coming through the trees? And so the theory was, what if, what if the trees are dead, actually, but the sun is setting? So it's like designed to be, it's like this flash of time, which like, in which like the glory of the trees is recalled, right? We, we still see the stumps of the trees, but what we're actually seeing is the light of the sun shining through them. So it's actually, you know, like, what if it's Arendel who comes and he sees a, 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 a that would be kind of awesome, wouldn't it? Arendel um, uh, walks up the hill and sees Tyrion and sees what, for a brief moment, looks like the trees in their full glory, and then the sun sinks, and you can see that it's in fact the dead tree, right? But like for just a moment, there was this glimpse of like what it would have looked like in the old days. I thought that that was. Uh, I thought that was actually a really cool idea. Um, and the other reason, of course, that I love the idea, uh, I, I think that A. Arendel has almost got to feature in the prologue, however A. Arendel is, uh, is discussed, because we, it's the perfect, he's the perfect setup for what we're getting. Right? I mean, the focus, uh, the focal point of the story, as I understand, as they've revealed so far, the focal point of the story in season one of the show is going to be Numenor and Middle-earth, right? So we're going to get, and Elrond and Elros are too perfect as a frame for that, right? Eärendil and then his two sons, Elrond and Elros, Elrond staying uh, with the Noldor there in Linden and Elros becoming the first king of Numenor. So we establish Numenor and we establish Linden, right? And, and introduce, uh, you know, um, uh, Gilgalad and Celebrimbor. Uh, you know, I think that that's, um, I think that that's very, like that, that they're going to do that kind of framing uh, in the prologue seems to me almost necessary, right, for them to set up the story that they're going to do. Um, I, um, 
Yeah. So I think, um, so, so whatever. Anyway, that's definitely going to happen. I'm not saying that's what I think that this is. Um, but I really kind of loved that, uh, that, that suggestion, uh, from the Twitter person of it's being, and when I look at it really closely, I'm like, doesn't it kind of look like a ball? Like it kind of does look like the sun, not just the tree. I don't know. But then of course you've got the light reflecting off the back one, or is it the light of the tree itself? I don't know. Why is the, why is the trunk behind light and the trunk in front dark? Well, probably cause that one's Telperion. There are all kinds of, uh, explanations, but I think it's, um, I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty cool. I think it's, again, I'm not trying to say that I definitely think it's Arendel. I'm just saying it, the frame, it feels like that. It feels like a discovery. It feels like an, un, you know, a, a, a reveal of Valinor, like as would be in that way. Um, but, um, yeah. Okay. So, um, the, as for the figure, um, if it's a point of view character, looking out at this scene with the trees aglow, Galadriel is obviously the leading candidate. Um, the leading candidate because she's one of the only ones in Middle-earth who would have seen that, right? Even Celebrimbor, um, he was probably born in Valinor, but he was a kid. Um, so I don't think it would be Celebrimbor. Um, I, uh, um, I think that it, um, so, I mean, if, if it's a point of view character, it's going to be Galadriel. And certainly the idea of, um, using the frame, you know, the prologue of the Peter Jackson Fellowship of the Ring as a kind of a touchstone, right? Giving a kind of a Galadriel prologue. It might be too derivative. They might not want to do that, but I could see them, you know, doing it for some kind of sort of, um, continuity kind of thing. Um, but, um, yeah, I, um, I'm not sure about the figure. The figure is pretty mysterious. The cloak makes it hard. Um, when I was looking at this on my phone, I did not think that was a woman. I didn't think it was any chance that was a woman. Looking at it in higher resolution, I think it's possible. The shadows make it hard. The shadows on the right-hand side make it hard. Um, does it's, you know, people have said they see a scabbard? I don't clearly see a scabbard. Um, I think the dark bit sticking out on the left-hand side is the arm. I think that, you know, a person has their arm like this. Um, uh, a lot of people are making a lot of the hair. I don't see anything to be made of the hair. Honestly, I don't care about the hair. Uh, <laughs> I'm just not very interested in the hair. Um, certainly, I don't consider it much evidence as to what's going on one way or the other. Um, do elves have long hair or short hair? Um... You know, there have been varying reports about this and who cares? Like, I, 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 I have to, sorry, and it, I, I shouldn't say who cares. If you care about elf hair, like, I, I'm fine. That's fine. I, I, I'm not going to judge you for that. I just, I don't, that doesn't seem to me, I don't understand how people get all worked up about it. Like they, you know, the Amazon people, apparently, I missed this one, but apparently, you know, they've been saying like, oh yeah, there's like short, you know, the elves have short hair or like short hair is the thing among the elves. Um, and I've heard some people getting upset about that. Why? Where does Tolkien say that the elves have long hair? Where? It's not in the books. Tolkien never gives that kind of description. I mean, there are some elves that definitely do have long hair. Luthien, for instance, definitely. I mean, if like uh, Luthien with a buzz cut would be an issue, right? But, um, but you know, it's, uh, um, it, uh, um, but yeah, it just does not seem to me something to get worked up about. Um, but, um, it's possible, yeah. I, like, is that hair back in a bun? It's possible it's hair back in a bun. Does that prove whether the figure is male or female? No, I don't think so. People want to make a lot out of the color of the hair. Um, I don't think that's a big deal. I do not expect them to... We do get some, you know, clear indicators um, of, like, who's blonde and who's not, uh, for instance. But I don't expect... Necess I mean... I won't be shocked if they don't follow that. Um, and I won't, you know, if I, I'm not going to hold them to that, basically. It's a, it, in my opinion, it's a pretty minor point, I think. Um, uh, 
anyway, I yes. So several of you are saying exactly what I saw. Um, I thought when I was looking at this on my phone, I'm like, that totally looks like a guy. The shoulders look really broad. I can't tell as clearly now that I'm looking at it in higher resolution. I can't tell as clearly the proportion of the shoulders to the hips. Um, with the shadow and the cloak, it's hard to tell. Um, but um, I think it's conceivable. If it's a woman, I think it's probably Galadriel. Do I think it's one of the Valar? No, I don't think it's one of the Valar. I'd be very surprised. And the reason I would be surprised um, is because of the perspective. This person has their back to Middle Earth and is looking in. It's The frame of the picture is as a person who's coming into Valinor. Right. Therefore, I don't expect it to be one of the Valar. They would be facing outwards. Right. You see what I mean? It's like the, just the, like the symbolic framing of the shot. This is a person who has come from, you know, Middle Earth uh, and is here. Again, that's why it makes me think of Arendel. Again, not literally come from Middle Earth. I know Galadriel was born there. But again, the elves came from Middle Earth. So again, I think it to be an elf, um, uh, an elf figure uh, for this reason. Um, but um Anyway, so, um, I, um, yeah, so I, I will hold open the possibility. I was feeling pretty firm that it was a, a guy before. Now I can, now I think it's a little bit more ambiguous than I thought, uh, at lower resolution, but I still think it likely to be a guy. Um, um, but as I say, it's, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Tarlonial, there's a, it's a big old tuna right there. The whole, that whole hill right there. Um, yeah, Martin, this could be Melkor on his way to destroy the trees in deep disguise. <laughs> deep, deep disguise. But I don't think, um, is that person wearing his hair in a bun is exactly the question we should be asking if that's Melkor. But if that's Melkor and that's the question we're asking, I think something has gone wrong, right? Very, very wrong. Um, but, um, uh, uh, but anyway, um, did the trees exist when the elves arrived in Arda? Absolutely they did. Absolutely they did. And Galadriel saw the trees. Galadriel did live to see that she was the one that we know was like fully grown when the trees were around. Um, uh, so yeah, absolutely. Those who went to Valinor saw the trees. Anyway, so could it be Galadriel? Yes, it could be Galadriel. Um, other suggestions that have been made, um, people were saying maybe it's Feanor. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Um, I cannot, I'm not sure I can explain. I'm going to try to explain why. But when people suggest Feanor for that figure, I have like an immediate and um, like indescribable negative reaction. Like I just, I, I don't, I don't believe it. just doesn't look, it doesn't feel like Feanor at all. Um, the posture, the clothing, um, and, and like there's no... I don't see any reason for it to... Why would Feanor be in this position? Again, the framing of the of the picture is important, right? It's not... This is not just a picture of a person posing with Tyrion or something, like, or a person who is in Tyrion or something. Yeah, there are lots of important elves who could be in the general environs of Tyrion upon Tuna, but, um, but that's not what this is a picture of. Right, the posturing is important. Standing there in a kind of contemplative pose, looking out upon the valley and looking at Tyrion and the trees beyond. This is like it's a retro. It's either a discovery picture or it's a retrospective picture. One, it would fit either one. It would fit the behold the blessed realm. Right, that would be one caption that could go that could fittingly go to this picture. Another would be remember the light of the trees. That's another. Um, that's another caption that could go under this picture, right? Neither of those two um, impulses fits with Feanor to me. Um, Feanor is not going to be looking at the Blessed Realm with wonder like this. He was born there and feels more or less entitled to it. Uh, I just, and 
his retrospective is not going to be this kind of, it's not going to be in this kind of light, right? Nothing's on fire. It can't be Feanor. Um, so that's it. Nothing's on fire. It can't be Feanor. That, unless that's fire down there, but I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think that tree is on fire. I'm not sure. I think the, I don't know what that is down there, but uh, with the possible exception of whatever this little orange light down here is, I don't think it can be. And like, could it be like Fingolfin or Finarfin? Yeah. I mean, I, I conceivably, you can't rule it out. Uh, could be any of them. But why? Like, why should it be any of them? Um, and that's, again, where I come back to the function of this. It almost has to be. Um, and I guess somebody was just saying that uh, the Wondering.net folks had confirmed that this was from episode one. I am have been assuming all along it was from episode one. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, so I, um, um, yeah, I, I suspect that of being a little lens flare down there, too. Yeah, exactly. Not an actual tree on fire. Um, but, um, okay, so, uh, yeah, yeah, um, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, are there people in the walkway? I can't see the people. My resolution still isn't good enough to see people. Where do you see people? Are there people? Can you see people over here? Or over here? I think the city is too far away to see. But are there people up here? Maybe there are people up there. I don't know. Anyway, okay. All right. Um... To the right of the pavilion, down here, are those people? Maybe. Up here? Just below where that tree is or is not on fire? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. So, like I said, it could be some random character. Fingolfin, Finarfin, Turgon, you know, Fingon. It could be any of them, right? In theory, right? Um but why would it be, right? Again, this has got to be part of a flashback-heavy prologue which gives the context and background to this story that we're getting, right? So, um, if that's the case, why Fingolfin? Why Turgon? Why Fingon, right? Why... I ignore, right? I mean, it could be any of them, but why should it be? It doesn't make sense to introduce them, right? Um, so if it's going to be somebody who was there, Goadriel, uh, that is, and the trees are in fact lit as they look to be in this picture, um, then uh, the, with a the little footnote of what I talked about earlier, um, I um, then, then Goadriel is your overwhelming possibility. Um, and, um, yeah, so, um, okay. Right, Nathan, you're right. We are all idiots. It's clearly Tom Bombadil. Yeah, I agree. No, that's a joke. It's not Tom Bombadil. You can tell, do you see a jacket? Boots of any kind, right? I don't. No, yeah, anyway, whatever. Um, okay, so, um, uh... What was the other thing I was going to... Oh, yeah. Now, the other theory that I, I'm actually really quite interested in is the idea that this is Myron. That is, Sauron. Um, I actually don't think it's Myron, right? Um, so, okay, Myron is Sauron's name before he, uh, you know, gets his red lightsaber, right? Like, before he converts to Morgoth worship. And um, I... Um, Sauron, by the way, means like the accursed one. Like it's not his own name for himself. Um, so, um, yeah, yeah, hot Sauron. Again, Sauron almost has to be hot, right? I, I, uh, if Anatar is not devastatingly good looking, I'm going to be super disappointed. Like super disappointed. Um, uh, hot, uh, sign me up for hot Sauron seven days a week here. Um, uh, but anyway, yeah, so, um, if, um, It could be Sauron. Sauron in Maiar form, right, when he was Myron, would have been here, right? Um, we don't know exactly the moment at which he converted to uh, Sauron worship. Now, um, it is unlikely that Sauron was here before his conversion, though, because um, 
his conversion would certainly have been prior to the elves' arrival in Valinor, so Tyrion could not be constructed um, when, when Sauron was originally there. But, see, I do not at all rule out the... That, that does not by itself convince me that this can't be Sauron, because I don't think this has to be a flashback. Um, this could be a fantasy, right? Um, this could be... A, um, uh, this could be... Um, Sauron, like, remembering... Uh, you know, what Valinor looked like. Uh, or so, I mean, and also... Why couldn't Sauron, um, you know, is it possible for Sauron to get back over there? I think he could. I, I don't want to rule it out. I like the idea. I don't think it's very practical. Um, I don't see much reason for Sauron to go on like a spying mission uh, to Valinor. Again, I kind of love the idea. Sauron totally can disguise himself, um, which is going to play presumably a significant uh, role, you would think, in the uh, Forging of the One Ring story. Um, but, um, exactly, Robert, he, he, he is a shapeshifter and still has his fair form. So it's theoretically possible. Um, but, um, but I think it's, I honestly think it's not like, why? What's he doing? I mean, at this point, for him to come back to Valinor, what would make more sense to me is for him to come back to Valinor at the beginning of the Second Age, Right. Sauron has this moment, right? After the end of the first, day, first age, when Morgoth gets uh, gets taken down, right? War of Wrath has happened. The, bad, the, the evil regime has fallen. Tolkien says that Sauron has a moment. Like, at first, he actually repents, right? He, 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 he repents and kind of means it at first, right? He's kind of scared straight for a little bit, but then he falls back into his old ways relatively quickly. So... Could we have a moment there, right, in which Sauron, thinking about what to do, thinking about the road in front of him, what is he going to do in a Morgothless world, right? Um, could he return to Valinor? Could he repent and return to Valinor and accept some kind of penance or punishment for his rebellion and be rejoined um, to the rest of the you know the rest of the world here in uh, in 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 Amman? Yeah, I think that'd be a great storyline, but the trees wouldn't be lit, you see. Um, so I, this couldn't be, this couldn't be that. Um, but um, anyway, that's, that's, um, so yeah, so I, I think it's impractical. I think it's impractical and unlikely that that's Myron there. Um, but, uh, oh, no, well, Snow Warning... Almost repenting, Sauron didn't go to Valinor as far as we know, right? But again, like he, no, he stayed in Middle Earth, but that doesn't mean he can't. I mean, you know, like anyway, it's possible, right? It's this is an adaptation, right? Don't be careful and don't be too literal. And uh, I mean, like, and can I even say the most obvious thing? Don't assume that what you know about the timeline, you know about the timeline. Right. I mean, even really basic things about when exactly do the trees get destroyed. Right. You think, you know, when that happened. Right. Because, you know, the Silmarillion. But what if you don't? What if they've changed that? It's possible. Right. I mean, we've all seen some pretty funky things done in adaptations as far as that kind of storyline question and stuff. Right. Um, so, you know, don't um, don't. Be too rash in thinking you know what can and can't happen, right? Um, so, anyway, anyway. Um, yeah, I've heard that Sauron might not happen in the first season. Um, I'll believe it when I don't see it, is what I say about that. I'll believe that when I don't see it. Um, uh, I... Hey, anything's possible, and I'm open to anything, but... Uh, um, but yeah, yeah. Um, uh-huh. Um, right, now, of course, exactly, uh, Crocodile in the Nile, as you're saying, this character in the foreground could well be a completely invented character that we've never heard of, right? Um, which, by the way, there is a lot of scope for. Um, and also, like, people who object... like. <sighs> Honestly, if you object to them making up characters, like, take a deep breath, 
and like several deep breaths and relax about it because it's necessary. I can tell you, I mean, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, you know, uh, several of us, I think Nick, I saw here earlier today, um, have been working on the Silmarillion film project for the last five years, um, where we've been in this ongoing podcast and streaming, uh, thing, uh, been for five years planning out a theoretical adaptation, a, a theoretical TV series adaptation of the Silmarillion. We got there like years before Jeff Bezos did. And, uh, you know, when you think through adaptations and actually making stories on screen, it becomes absolutely necessary uh, to invent other characters. Um, so yeah, like it's totally, it's totally going to happen, and 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 it will probably be okay. So this might be an invented character, um, especially if it's a woman, especially if it's a woman, because um, even Tolkien did this. A lot of people don't know that. Like, pe people read the Silmarillion, who, those who do read the Silmarillion, and say, look at all these, uh, all these men with their sons, right, and the occasional daughter, um, and, like, barely a wife to be seen and not a wife to be named in most cases, and, uh, and what's going on. Tolkien himself saw this. In Tolkien's later Silmarillion revisions, the, the unpublished ones, at least the ones that don't get published until like Morgoth's Ring and the War of the Jewels, he starts going back and adding in a lot of the wives and daughters. So Tolkien himself went back and started inventing new characters when he started fleshing out the story a little bit more. Um, so yeah, it's it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Um, uh, the um, uh, the the extra character thing. So like, let's deep breaths. Let's not get too worried about that. All right. Um, I have to go before too long. Um, let's see, but let me, uh, let me, let me do a kind of a uh, conclusion here. Um, uh, conclusion here is, um, I don't think, I don't think that is a Maya or a Vela. I think it's an elf. Um, unless it's Arendal. Um, unless it's Arendal, which I doubt. Um, I think the uh, favorite is clearly Galadriel. I mean, if you had to put money down, right? If you had to place a bet on who this figure is looking out over Tyrion and the two trees, it's got to be Galadriel. Right, Galadriel's got to be the 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 favorite uh, in that competition, um, uh, but I don't think that that's definite um, uh, by any means. Um, it could be Arithel. We've got a we've got a white cloak, uh, right, Sully Hog? So that's possible, uh, theoretically possible. Um, but uh, I I also I'm not betting that it's female myself uh, that figure. Um, in which case, let me see if I think it's a male elf, whom do I think it most likely to be? If it's a male elf, I think it's most, again, I, I, I'm thinking in terms of what is the story we're introducing in this prologue, right? So I'm not going to pick one of the relatively random Silmarillion elves who could easily be there, but who have no direct connection to help set up the story in uh, season one as a whole. It's conceivable. Finway. It could be Finway. Um, it could be... Um, uh, it's possible it could be Finway. If we're in the context of like remembering Valinor that was getting, you know, Finway and the Noldor, but then you have to like introduce, like explain how Finway died. And are they going to do that whole story? I'd be surprised if they did. Um, Glorfindel has been suggested by several. Um, I mean, apart from the fact that like, who doesn't love Glorfindel? Um, I mean, that's like reason enough to show him on screen, I suppose, but I don't see any real compelling reason. Um, exactly, Druid's Fire. There has to be a reason the el that elf was chosen. It can't be random, and that's where I'm working from, right? So, um, it could be... Um, it could be Galadriel. That, I think, is likeliest. It could be Celebrimbor. Um, Celebrimbor um, was 
probably born in Valinor, and so therefore um, it could be Celebrimbor, uh, sort of youngish Celebrimbor. Um, that would help to set up the story as well. Um, it could be, um, and this would be, and would I think the frame of this would fit with Celebrimbor? Yes, if we're getting some kind of like, and Celebrimbor remembered the glory of Valinor as was, and, uh, you know, from his, his youth in Valinor, and the glory of the trees, and the splendor of Tyrion, and tried to reproduce it in Eregion, and in the works of his hands to, like, and his, you know, his grandfather made the Silmarils to try to capture the light of the trees, and he is going to try to capture not just the light of the trees, but the memory of Valinor, right? And to, um, uh, to stop the damage of time, right? Like the Elven Rings do. So I can see it, like, this being a sort of a setup of, like, uh, Celebrimbor surveying Valinor and what he remembers of it. So, you know, it could, it could work. It could work. Um, uh, um, so I could see... Go so Goadro, obviously, it could be. Though, honestly... Uh, unless she's narrating the frame, which she could be, but I don't think Galadriel... Galadriel does not... It does not seem to me inevitable that Galadriel is going to be a central character in this series. It doesn't. Not in season one, anyway. Um, she could be. She could be. In one of the versions of the Galadriel story from the Unfinished Tales, which they almost certainly have the rights to, based on the evidence, um, Galadriel was in Eregion and well-known to Celebrimbor. In fact, there was a, the version of the story in which Celebrimbor uh, had the hots for Galadriel, but she had chosen Caliborn instead, and, Cal and Celebrimbor was all kind of like, why'd you choose that loser over me, right? And I can't help but think that um, Hollywood rarely loses the opportunity to have a love triangle. Uh, so who knows? But um, anyway, um, right. So it's possible that Galadriel could be there. Part of the, um, if I were doing it, I would absolutely do that. I would absolutely put Galadriel in, in Eregion and part of the whole Celebrimbor, Eregion, Moria, and the Dwarves story. She was close with the Dwarves. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's um, uh, that's uh, totally what I could imagine. Um, but still, even then, that still puts her relatively on the fringes, right? Um, Celebrimbor making the ring, Gilgalad and Elrond, um, you know, kind of being in charge of things in Middle-earth and being the liaison with the Numenorians, who are the other major story. That seems to be the center of the of the of the plot. Uh, what we know of the plot doesn't seem to be around um, Galadriel. So, although Galadriel, I do think she's the likeliest candidate to be, you know, the likeliest single person to be in, the, that she is going to be the centerpiece of the prologue doesn't, seems anything but inevitable to me. Um, I can see it, of course. I think it could work, but I don't think that it's inescapable by any stretch. Um, so, um, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, of course, my, of course, Galadriel's in Middle Earth in the Second Age. This would be a flashback if it were Galadriel. Um, okay, all right. So, um, so Celebrimbor, I could see. Feanor, I reject. Nothing's on fire. Can't be Feanor. Um, so, um, who else could it be? Who else could it be? If it's not Celebrimbor and it's not Galadriel, who are other candidates for elf? If it's a male elf, who else could it be? Um, I don't know. Gogoad wasn't there. Elrond wasn't there. Um, I still love the uh, I still love the Arendel angle. I want to hold that as like a, a potential wild card, right? I still love the Arendel angle. I really do. Um, but um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, no, I agree with you, Mr. Duck, about the neck and shoulders. I really do. Um, I don't, uh, um, I still think it mostly looks like a guy. So, um, yes. Um, yeah, some kind of vision. I don't know, like I said, I know Arundel's not there when the trees are lit. I know, I know. But I, just the, I get the frame of the picture, the kind of that, like, gondolin reveal is what gets me in the A.R. Rendell mood when I'm looking at this picture. Um, 
But, and also because I can't think who else it could be. Again, go Andrew. Possibly go Andrew. Possibly Celebrimbor. But none of the other major elf figures in Middle-earth was here. Cirdan's never been to Valinor. Um, it's possible that it's Turgon. Um, but it's indirect. I mean, Turgon's relevance to the season one story, you know, to Eregion and Numenor and the forging of the, of the Rings of Power, really indirect. Super indirect. Um, like, why would you go out of your way to even do that in the prologue? I mean, maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows how thorough they'll be in their prologue, right? Um, I mean, hey, they're playing the long game in this series, which is the main thing I love about it. Um, so maybe instead of the, I don't know how many minutes long Peter Jackson's prologue was, but it's several minutes, like five minutes long, something, I don't know, but it's several minutes, right, that we get the Galadriel prologue in, the, in uh, Jackson's Fellowship of the Ring. Maybe since they're playing the long game, we'll get a prologue for a whole episode, right? Or more than one episode. So maybe we'll get much more story than I think we will. But um, yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, okay. Just sorry, just looking at other questions here. Um, it is possible, uh, Dorward, that they'll uh, create a non-canon character through which we'll see the events. I think that that's very possible. Very possible. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Ryan, sure. Yeah, Ryan is saying perhaps a Numenorean king imagining or dreaming about being in the unmarred, undying lands. Yeah, this doesn't have to be history. It could be a fantasy, right? It could be a fantasy. Um, it could be a fantasy of what, just like, someday I, well, I shall go to... Now, he, like, oh man, Ryan, could you even imagine if this turned out to be like our Farazon? <laughs> oh man, but we can't get to our Farazon because it's, we're not there yet. Historically, we're pre our Farazon in this, in the events of the series. But, but yeah, you know, somebody, um, one of the Numenorean kings, or uh, what is, or just a Numenorean person, right? A uh, man or a woman who is fantasizing about um, one of the faithful, right? Um, reflecting on the stories that the elves have told um, of, um, of Valinor and imagining it, right? And so we get this. Um, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so it's. Um, it would. It's. Uh, it's interesting. Yeah. I, 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 Cajun Math Joe says I like it being a Lauren. Possible. It's possible. I can't absolutely rule it out. Um, uh, I just. I, I, the reason I can't see that is that the way that this per, the way that this person is framed in this shot. This screams point of view character to me. Right. Like the person in the foreground there with their back to us looks like the point of view character. And I just can't imagine Oloran being the point of view character unless Oloran gets the prologue, unless Oloran is the one telling us about the whole prologue, unless we're going to get a frame. <gasps> Nick, what if they're going to include a frame just like film film? Then we'll know for sure they're copying us. But um, yeah, anyway, we'll see. Um, uh yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, th so that's why I don't think it's a Lauren because I can't really imagine. As fun as it is to think uh, that uh, this could be, like the whole thing could be from like, Gandalf's point of view. The whole, uh, I, I, the frame. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, it's possible. Yeah, yeah, it's conceivable. Exactly, Cajun Math Joe, that Gandalf could be telling us the story. He could be giving us the prologue. But again, he'd have to either be doing it in a frame, like a later frame, or like what. He's in Eregion? He's not in Eregion, right? At least not in incarnate form yet, because um, he doesn't arrive as Gandalf until the Third Age. Um, so anyway, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know, I don't know. Um, but it's conceivable that it could be Oloran. Um, can't rule it out, but um, but I don't, I don't think so. I think Galadriel, Celebrimbor. Heck, I think I think Eärendil might even be more likely. Um, Anyway, okay, so there we are. That's what I've got right now. Uh, we'll see uh, what other thoughts occur to us, um, uh, what other suggestions folks have. But, uh, but this is pretty, can I also just say the obvious thing that I didn't say at the beginning? This is gorgeous. 
This is gorgeous. Um, I don't know if, uh, you know, if this is going to allay anyone's fears, but um, this certainly does not look like a, uh, you know, slapped together train wreck to me. You know, we'll see how it all comes together, but um, this looks really, really nice. Anyway, okay. Thanks, everybody. I got to run. Uh, but uh, fun talking to you guys about this, and we'll see what further stuff comes out. Uh, anyway, thanks, everybody. Have a good day now.